It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you already know that. Five teams, seven years. If you check us out at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or just see the social media clips at Ross Tucker pod at Ross Tucker NFL, you can see the teams I played for and the helmets and all that stuff. Now, though, I'm into the broadcasting game. Love calling college games for CBS. Love calling NFL games for the Eagles as well as Westwood One and love the podcasts. Dave Damashek going over alternate uniforms and his Kenny Pickett to the Steelers love was awesome this morning. Hopefully a bunch of you already checked that out. If you haven't, it's the Ross Tucker football podcast. We have even money podcast, which was epic with Warren Sharp and Steve Fezzik talking about schedule inequities. We will have Greg Cosell tomorrow on the Ross Tucker football podcast. And we always have the College Draft Podcast on Monday where we're going division by division through all the draft picks, which is the perfect time for me to bring on not only my normal co-host for the Fantasy Feast, but my normal co-host for the College Draft as well, Emery Hunt. What do they call this? Is this like... Is this like a crossover? Yeah, it's like would, a crossover, I think. It's like crossover collaboration. You know, it's crossover like crossover um, collaboration. So everybody already knows that voice. That's Joe Dolan from fantasypoints.com fame. They have like 20 people working for them now. They must have no interest in actual profit margins. They just want to get revenue, 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 content, content, content. I love it. I'm joking. Use the code 22feast. For those of you that are not familiar, Shame on you for not listening or watching the College Draft Podcast because Emory Hunt is a sicko. If you go back to the origin of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, even before that at the Four Letter Network where I would talk about the disease, the sickness, Emory Hunt might be the number one guy in the world when it comes to that. I mean, this guy goes from a USFL preview show, the Giants rookie minicamp, Right back to watching USFL. I mean, I can't even imagine what's going to be like, Emery, for your wife next year when we go right from the NFL. The next weekend is the XFL. That's for a while. Then here comes USFL. Then the CFL. Then Cal- I mean, Emery, she's not going to get any break. Hey, it's tough, man. She may like the fact that you have uh, sprinkled in that summer the European League of American Football, which is – entering its second season and we're seeing a lot of you know guys from the states take opportunities going over there you got you got the ryan fire you got you know hamburg sea dogs uh sea devils some of those guys some of those old world league teams are now in that league and they're expanding to where she's from italy so i can always you know kind of combine the two worlds hey let's go take a trip to italy meanwhile i'm up in milan covering american football I, I don't even – like, there's so many leagues, Joe, that Emery knows about that I didn't even know were around. Some guy just got signed from the Indoor Football League, whatever that is, and Emery had a scouting report on him. Oh like, my. how is that – like, what is the Indoor Football League? 
Uh, it, I, it, no, it is just like the uh, now that the arena league is no longer existing. Indoor has has taken over with slightly different rules, but more more than likely the same game. And Ramon Atkins is the guy you're talking about from New Mexico Highlands. Um, you know, tremendous quarterback prospect, but you could tell he had a little bit more development to do three years as a wide receiver. But right now, as a rookie, he's leading the IFL in passing. So it shows you the the need for a bridge between college and pro. And who signed them? The Quad City, I want to say Steamrollers. Um, oh, I thought like the Colts signed them or something. Oh, oh, you talking about Daquan Neal. Yeah, the Colts signed Daquan Neal, um, who was a class of 2017 prospect and has been balling with the Tucson Sugar Skulls. I always love <laughs> These names. <laughs> that is unbelievable that you know all this stuff. Here's what I know. You got to follow Emory on social media at FBall Game Plan. You got to subscribe to the College Draft Podcast. He is a wealth and a breadth, which is a hard word to say, of information. Speaking of signings, Joe, before we get to your dynasty rookie post-draft tight end grades that I know that's why a lot of people were here because for best ball and for dynasty, we did have Jarvis Landry sign with Emory's hometown mm. New Orleans Saints. Wanted to get your thoughts on that because now they got Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave back, Jarvis. They basically have a whole new receiving core. And they needed a whole new receiving core. I mean, that was a really bad group of, of receivers last year, Ross. Now, Keep in mind, they're still being, I don't know if diplomatic is the right word, but they're they're not exactly coming out and saying, oh my goodness, Michael Thomas is going to be ready and he's ready to go and all this stuff. So they're still saying there's some hurdles for him to get over to, to get ready for the 2022 NFL season here. But Thomas, Alave, and Landry, presuming those are the three top wide receivers for the Saints, those are three guys who did not play for them last year. So I honestly think this is good for Alave. Because I, I didn't necessarily see Chris Olave as an alpha number one receiver. I thought he was somebody who would function best on a team where there were guys who are also siphoning targets. Much in the same way he did at Ohio State with Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba going out and getting targets. So I think this is probably a good spot for Olave. It's great for Jameis, who's going to be a quality lower end fantasy option. But the one thing I... I, I want to try to avoid doing is overrating Jarvis Landry what he is at this stage in his career now Jarvis Landry obviously had some questionable quarterback play the last couple of years and uh, that goes without saying or at least he did in 2022 uh, or 2021 rather but I have him in my best ball ranks overall right now at 139 wide receiver 62 over the last two seasons, Jarvis Landry's receptions per game were the two lowest of his career, 4.8 and 4.3. I think he can help the Saints in a big way without necessarily being a huge fantasy asset at this stage of his career. We know he's never been a huge yards per reception kind of guy. At this point, I think he's a possession guy who probably can't be expected to get 120 targets. Here's my question for you, Emery. Because you grew up in New Orleans. The thing I think is most interesting about the Saints. They signed Tyron Matthew. They signed Jarvis Landry. They trade all these picks to get Chris Olave. 
We talk a lot because we're sponsored by DraftKings about betting, especially on the Even Money podcast. Their season win total number is eight. I couldn't believe how sensitive Saints fans were and how mad they got when I tweeted and put on Instagram that they clearly think they are better than everybody else does. People got so mad at that. Like, I went on my other, like, pictures of my kids, and people were Instagram commenting, Ross Tucker thinks he's a much better analyst than he really is. Like, it, I, I wasn't criticizing them. Maybe they are. Go for it. It's just interesting that you look at their win total, and yet the, the Saints are all in on this year. Yeah, and, and and it was I took your comment as a compliment to the Saints fans and Saints team thinking that man, this is obviously ludicrous that eight wins. That's a double digit ten uh, double digit win team um this year. They were damn near that last year with everybody playing quarterback. So now you get a healthy Jameis back. Defense is even better, offense is better. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna smash that over on that eight number. Um, so I just, I just find that fascinating, but I'm always poking fun at the saints fans. Cause again, growing up there, knowing what the saints were and how, even when they were good, a lot of games weren't sold out. So we had blackout rules at the time. So you either had to go to the game or someone had a satellite dish, uh, back when you said have the big, tall, black, huge NASA satellite dish. You find someone that had that. Or you had to go out of town to close to Baton Rouge to watch the game to see it. Otherwise, you listen to it on the radio and watch whatever game they were playing in place of the blackout. But the since 2006 Saints fans are more relentless than the actual diehards that grew up watching the Saints. Now there's a tailgate area. There's all this stuff going on. But now, you know, back then it was nothing. These same folks that are ride or die in your comments, killing the Saints, are the same folks back when I was growing up. There were Cowboy fans, 49er fans, Washington fans, Steeler fans, Dolphin fans, Bronco fans. Nobody was a Saints fan back then, but now everybody's a Saints fan. It's so funny to see because I'm one of the true, authentic ones from back in the day. So uh, here's my other question for you about veterans out there. I saw where Philip Lindsay signed with the Indianapolis Colts. And Joe and I were texting. Joe, I hope you don't get mad at me for saying this, but Joe said he thinks Philip Lindsay is a zero as far as fantasy football is concerned, which is fine. My question is, where where did I lose Philip Lindsay? Where did it go wrong? I remember the first couple of years, I thought this guy had juice. I loved him. I thought he was a starting running back in the NFL or at least – a really good number two change of pace guy. And now it's like he, he's like a total afterthought. He is, to quote Joe Dolan, a zero for fantasy. It's tough because, you know, you have Naheem Hines there. Uh, you you have two really good UDFAs and Devontae Price out of FIU and C.J. Verdell out of Oregon. So I kind of agree with Joe there because it's like, where is he going to fit in? And I feel like it fell off for, for him once he started to rack up those nagging injuries with the Broncos and started, you know, allowing Melvin Gordon to get back into the picture. Um, so I felt like because he was getting banged up and missing time, this, the league kind of started to view him as, 
oh, he's not big enough. He's a scat guy. He's a complimentary guy. Then he goes to Houston and it's more of the same thing. So I feel like he's falling into that stereotype of what people view smaller backs are. Yeah, Joe? I just always thought that Lindsey's style was the style of a bigger back. Um, and and the, the like he was a downhill kind of hard charging runner, and you respect that mentality from somebody like Philip Lindsay. But you do wonder, and as Emery noted, nagging injuries picking up, can a guy that that size kind of hold up? And you know he's also never, unfortunately for him, I think teams probably do view him as this is somebody who needs to contribute as a receiver. He's been inefficient as a receiver the last two years. He's caught just eleven passes in twenty five games. Um, so I, honestly, as Emery mentioned, you, you've got a couple of really interesting UDFAs, uh, the kid from FIU who tested out of the building, I thought was going to get drafted. Um, Colts beat writers were essentially saying Ross that Philip Lindsay is an addition to a crowded battle for the number three running back job. And what, what I think the Colts are looking for here as that number three is not, you know, Naeem Hines is the compliment to Jonathan Taylor. If you want to have a compliment, they want to have somebody who maybe if Jonathan Taylor misses time, they can hand 15, 16, 17 carries to. Um, and Lindsay's now part of that battle right now, but he's, he's, he's got an uphill climb to make the roster right now. I mean, it's a one year deal. Unfortunately, this is how the running back position is treated in the NFL. Lindsay is like Justin Fargus used to be. He mm. loves brutality, but bro, you gotta be able to make some people miss. Can't crash into everybody, man. Yeah, I, that's a name from the past. There, I love Justin Fargus had some juice, man. He could run. He could. That run Emery run. Emery's good for one of those to show again. Subscribe to the College Draft Podcast. You know what else you should do? And you know what Phil Lindsay should do? Take Athletic Greens. Because you can drink your vegetables. You don't get nagging injuries. You don't get hurt. You don't get beat up. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I started doing it because Andrew Brandt and everybody else was saying they were doing it. That Tim Ferriss guy is a stud. If he's taking it, I'm taking it. Plus, I'm just not a big vegetable guy. I don't like – I don't enjoy eating vegetables. I throw a couple in, like, my salad – and then dump the salad dressing on it, why not just chug them? I like chugging things, so why not chug vegetables? To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting, that's kind of a big deal these days too, if you haven't been paying attention, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, Joe Emery, is visit athleticgreens.com slash feast i love seeing them come up with like codes or websites that they have to do based on our podcast names again that is athleticgreens.com slash feast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are diving into Joe's dynasty rankings for rookie tight ends. Here's the question, Joe. Are any of these guys going to do anything this year in your mind? Uh, 
let's just say uh, I'm not targeting them in my best ball drafts. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I like. I think it's an interesting dynasty group. But the first tight end drafted Trey McBride. He's buried behind Zach Ertz, who just currently got an extension. Actually, he's not even my number one dynasty tight end, which I think probably is a hot take. Um, but the guy I have number one is Jelani Woods. He's more of a project. Um, the Colts brought Mo Alley Cox back. Um, so um, I, I think a lot of these guys right now, the guy who probably has the most opportunity uh, from the get-go is um, is Daniel Bellinger, who's with the New York Giants. They're not really uh, all that strong at the position. Greg Dolchich from Denver, who's battling with Albert O. So there's a lot of questions here. Uh, for right now about who who of these guys is going to play. And Ross, you know, well know, rookie tight ends have typically had a tough time um, getting fantasy production uh, out of them as, as rookies. All right, let's start with this, okay? So Joe's rankings, he named a couple guys. He's got Jelani Woods one. These are dynasty, right? So it's not just for this year. It's for how long, Joe? Forever. Uh, for, for, I mean, I think trying to project dynasty more than three sometimes four years down the line is okay. futile. But, uh, but just like with look at how things change in the nfl but i mean jelani woods had the kind of ability and size to me that jumped off the page and i just couldn't shake jimmy graham from my mind and like how i mean before jimmy graham got all injured up and became a plotter I mean, that guy was revolutionizing the position. And Jelani Woods, I thought to the Colts, and I, I want Emory to chime in here. Ross, I thought Jelani Woods was an exceptional selection by the Colts. So I don't remember anybody, Emory, having Jelani Woods as one of the top two or three guys. It seemed like it was McBride and Dulcich. I don't really even remember from the college draft, Emory, what you thought of Jelani Woods. I thought he's, uh, to echo Joe's point, I thought he's a project. Um, we all get enamored with tall um and sometimes you got to play how you test and also how you look i feel like he's still growing in that area you know the fit for me is interesting because it's indianapolis we don't know what that will look like with um matt ryan now in in the construct of the offense has matt ryan really featured the tight end like that um I, i i don't think so i know tony gonzalez had a nice second you know act with with matt ryan but i feel like right now can he help as a blocker? That's where he has to grow. Um, I know right now he's kind of Moali Cox light. So I, I I would probably go with Charlie Kohler as the number one uh, option here because of Mark Andrews is clearly the number one target in Baltimore. But low key, they really hadn't had that second receiving threat since they traded Hayden Hurst. And Kohler is going to be the direct beneficiary, especially now that the receiver room is a bit questionable uh, without – Marquise Brown there. So I feel like Kohler, I would have a little bit higher. I would have obviously uh, number one, um, uh, but Woods, I think the fit in the usage will be, it's something I would have to say, wait and see from a fantasy perspective. This is interesting because Ross, I had Kohler number one pre-draft just like in terms of the receiving profile. I thought that functioned well for fantasy, but as Emery pointed out, he landed in a super crowded tight end room because not only, and I love Kohler, but not only do, do they have Andrews, but they also drafted Isaiah Likely. So, like, I mean, but look, teams tell you what they're going to do, right? I mean, Emery, their wide receiver room 
is basically Rashad Bateman and a bunch of spare parts right now, guys who haven't really proven anything. So who's to say they're not going to run 12, 13 personnel a whole lot of the time in Baltimore? I think they're kind of leaning Ross into more of the, hey, you know what? We're going to run the ball down people's throats. We're going to throw a bunch of tight ends out there, try to stop us. I kind of feel like that's what the Ravens are leaning into right now. Yeah. So the reason why you have Cole or lower is just because Andrews gets so many targets. I mean, which I Mark, get. Mark Andrews was the only tight end in the NFL last year who ha- who was in the top ten in total targets. Uh, among but I mean, I'm players. just looking at their receivers, and I kind of agree with Emery. I, I do too. I think Kohler might get a lot because also Andrews last year you at least had to worry about Hollywood Brown taking the top off the defense, and as you said last week, Joe, and shocked me how many targets he got. Now I feel like every defense is going to be Andrews, 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 you know, matching up on Andrews, maybe bracketing him, having two guys on him. Kohler just, I mean, it felt like at Iowa State, every Iowa State game I watched, I swear the guy had a million catches from Brock Purdy. Uh, they were both there forever. So that, that's interesting. What I think about, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. And just, just for one more point, number one, that's why I really like Rashad Bateman this year. I think Bateman is going to take up a lot of Lamar Jackson's in, um, uh, kind of attention. But also, you know, I'm not really sure they have that lid lifter right now. I don't think Tylen Wallace is that guy. Um, maybe Duvernay, but they've kind, of, they've kind of put him in as a slot guy. So I think we're going to look at a very different Raven offense this year. So... Um, so you have Jelani Woods one, Trey McBride two, who I thought was a heck of a player at Colorado really State. Player. Watching him on tape, doing one of their games against Fresno State. Dulcich is three. I feel like Dulcich. I'm surprised he's not getting more love in Denver with Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know. I don't. They they lost Noah Fant, Albert O. Oh no chance. I'm going to try to pronounce your last name. He. I don't know. I don't think he's that great, Joe. Well, I want to. I want to talk to Emery about this because the fantasy community basically already projected. They're saying because of the Noah Fant trade, obviously he was the the big piece going back for for Russell Wilson, at least in terms of personnel. Everybody was like Alberto to the moon, Alberto to the moon, Alberto to the moon, and then they come out and they draft Greg Dolchich. Uh, Emery, how do you compare and contrast those two skill sets? Because Dolchich. Apparently, he's been making noise at rookie minicamp, and we always have to we always have to temper expectations every year. Like the beat writers are like, "Oh, this guy's turning heads." That's the big phrase. He's turning heads. But how do you compare and contrast their skill sets? Because this was kind of a wrench into the Albert O hype. Well, this is the the, the reason why I differentiate my tight ends and receivers and cornerbacks are like that. Um, Dulcich was my number two H back, and. I, I view Albert Owebanam as my number one inline guy mm-hmm. or, or as, as an inline guy or even a flex guy. So I feel like you could have both on the field at the same time. I love the prospect. He is, he, I compared him to George Kittle because he's fluid getting in and out of his breaks. He's a great catch and run threat. The problem is, is it's not like we're talking about Baltimore's offense. You're talking about this now in the scope of, wow, you have Jerry Judy, you have Cortland Sutton. You still have Tim Patrick out there. How many players are you going to feed the? You know, is are you going to go five wide? Or are you going? You know, how are you going to work in the tight end? And going back to Russell Wilson's history, you know, how often do you work in a tight end? I know Jimmy Graham was there for for a spell, but for the most part, Russell Wilson is is pushing the ball 
vertically down the field. So I, the fit here is running different lanes than my thought on the prospect. The prospect is awesome, but the fit, I wonder how he's going to fit into what, the, what they want to do offensively. You said Bellinger you think has the most opportunity. Emery, what did you think of Bellinger? He's with the Giants. I thought he was more known for his blocking, but maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm forgetting. No, he is. He is a blocker, and I think that's going to be his role. They didn't have a blocker uh, on this, on this, uh, this, in this personnel. But what's fascinating is what they brought in undrafted free agents: Austin Allen out of Nebraska, six eight, two hundred and sixty five pounds, a nice receiving option um, at the position that can also play a little in line. Had a really good week at the NFL PA Bowl. They also are converting Andre Miller, who was a big physical wide receiver who I had as one of my inside wide receivers are converting him to tight end. And they view him as a guy that can be that flex kind of player that uh, Evan Ingram was. So their tight end position is going to be fascinating to watch because they, you know, when they last week at rookie minicamp, you know, even some of the trial guys, everybody who was six, 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 seven. Right. Um, and so now you bring in Andre Miller, who's going to be converting from receiver to tight end. Austin Allen is someone that they have high expectations for, but Bellinger is someone that that really can block. So I feel like he's going to be that foundational piece in that regard. I think Joe Ruckert can play. Now the thing about yeah. Ruckert with the Jets is I guess he's banged up already. And I read 37 different times that Ruckert's going to be a better pro than he was in college. I don't even know what that means. Like, everybody had the same line. It's so annoying to me because it's like one person said that, and then everybody else just, that's like the same line. I think he's a guy who's going to be a better pro than he was in college. Like, how often does that happen, by the way? Not very. But you don't have him very high, Joe. You have him six. Well, because it's, of Uzama and Conklin? Yeah, I mean, they dealt out $48 million in free agent contracts to tight ends this offseason. I mean, uh, that, uh, and then they drafted Ruckert in the third round. So, I mean, the Jets now all of a sudden have a very crowded tight end room. Ruckert, though, I mean, I think what that means from him is probably from a production standpoint. Because, although, of course, now he's in a Jets team that is uh, not even, not sneakily, it's kind of loaded with young talent. The thing about Rucker was he's competing with Alave and Garrett Wilson and Smith and Jigba and even Jamison Williams for a time at Ohio State for targets. Now, well, he's got to compete with Garrett Wilson again, but also Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, Uzama, Tyler Conklin. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an uphill climb for Jeremy Rucker to be productive as a rookie, that's for sure. Rounding out, you got Kate Otten at seven with the Bucks. Holy guy from Maryland with the Titans. Chigakonquo. Chigakonquo. Yeah. What's that? Chigakonquo. He goes by Chig. Chigakonquo. Okay. Yeah. Then you've got Isaiah Likely, who we talked about with the Ravens at nine. And then Jake Ferguson, who was at Wisconsin for a long time yeah. as well, with the Cowboys at 10. Thoughts on any of those guys, Emery, Otten, Aconquo, Likely, or Ferguson? Any of those guys really stand out to you as guys that you think could 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 uh, really contribute first year? Aconquo is one because I feel like he's sort of like what they had in um, – oh, I forget his name. Uh, John U. Smith. John U. Smith. He's exactly like that, and he's someone that compares his game to John U. Smith 
I, I spoke with him at the East West Shrine Bowl. He, that's the name he brought up. Um, so I'm, I think that's a good fit for him being at off tight end to Austin Hooper. Uh, Otten is going to be an inline guy. He's my number one inline prospect in the draft class. Um, and Ferguson was my number one H back. That's an interesting one to watch because I feel like he has a chance to be sneaky productive, uh, running opposite of, you know, what they currently have at tight end, who's also really good too, Dalton Schultz. Uh, Dalton Schultz. So for, for me, I, I feel like Ferguson is a sleeper, um, likely could be that big receiver because he's someone that really knows how to run routes and get open. Um, the Ravens offense is going to be fun to watch because you don't have enough safeties or guys that can cover tight ends that can move. Um, and you're going to have to cover three of them out there on the field uh, for Baltimore in, a, just, in addition to what they bring out there at receiver. Uh, but, you know, I feel like all three have has a role, but if I had to choose the, the sleeper right now would be Okonkwo. Uh, but Ferguson is someone I, I find intriguing. Uh, any Ross, thoughts on any of those guys, Joe? To wrap one up? guy I, I re- reserve the right to move up in my rankings this offseason is Kate Otten. And this is entirely contingent on what Rob Gronkowski does. And, and like, you know, I think I think Otten has an opportunity. I think he's going to be a really good player. But if he if Gronk plays this year, Otten is third behind Gronk and Cam Brait. I mean, if Gronk doesn't play this year. Otten could be playing quite a bit right away. So I think this was a future pick. The uh, The Bucks actually drafted two tight ends. They drafted Co-Keeft as well out of Minnesota. Um, he was a six-round pick. But Otten's the guy who, if I'm looking for a fantasy guy for Dynasty, he would be the pick there. And he's got an opportunity, a sneaky opportunity, to produce as a rookie if Gronk doesn't return. Here's what everybody needs to do now. Make sure you're following both these guys on social media and make sure you are listening to Emery on the College Draft Podcast because he's an absolute stud. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan on YouTube, by the way, is excellent. You can always watch us, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or just see the highlight clips of the other shows at Ross Tucker Pod on social media. Joe is at FG underscore Dolan. He's the fantasy gangster. Fantasypoints.com is the place where you put the code in 22FEAST to get a discount of a discount on the best fantasy website that's out there. Other than that, I am stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.